Happy 4th of July. It is 4th. Can you believe this year is half over? Oh, golly. Time flies when you're having fun. Well, a couple announcements. If you notice when you walked in the door down there, downstairs, there is some cake on a cart. Today is Nancy's birthday. Joel says it's Nancy's. Nancy says it's Joel's. So, but they brought the cake. So uh, right after worship, yeah, uh, I don't have any listing of birthdays on the, on the uh, bulletin. So anybody that wants to volunteer as having a birthday today, that's okay. We can do that. <laughs> so uh, after worship, stop and get some cake. And, uh, oh, and there's ice cream too. Oh, my. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we're in good shape there. Uh, remember years ago, we used to have coffee and donuts after Sunday school on the before Sunday school. See, it's that long ago. I forget. Yeah, before Sunday school. We did it once a month, if I remember right. Well, we're going to do it again. Uh, we're trying to get back to normal. But this time we're going to do it between Sunday school and worship. So next Sunday, uh, the Sunday school class will be cut just a little shorter so that we can have some pastries and uh, get our sugar high before we come in to, to worship. So plan on being here just a little bit earlier, and then we'll do a little fellowship. And, and again, if you don't feel comfortable being in a crowd like that, uh, we understand. But uh, we're trying to get a little bit back to normal. So we'll do that. Uh, if I could see the, the search committee right after worship for just a couple minutes, uh, bring you up to date on what's happening, and uh, we'll just have a little powwow up front here like we usually do, just for a couple minutes, not a long one. Uh, today we have Ruby with us again. Ruby's going to bring us the message, so we're, we're happy with that. And... I think that's all the, the uh, announcements we have. I don't see anybody putting their hand up having anything to say. So uh, why don't we go on with our worship service? And we'll start with our joys and concerns. And uh, Christine, do you have any to bring us up to date? Okay. Okay. Okay, let me get my disguise on here. Okay. We were talking in Sunday school about <clears throat> the ten men that went to Jesus and were uh, had leprosy, and we were saying, and the scripture said that well, the Sunday school lesson said that they wore scrubby clothing, dirty, torn clothing, frontal hair, and half of their face was covered. So I guess, and they had to cry unclean. So here I am. 
things. Uh, I'd like to say thank you, God, for the freedom of our nation, our forefathers who really sacrifice everything to where we are to have the Declaration of Independence that they uh, put together through God's grace. Um, so thankful for that. We can gather today like we are. And then on Barb Adams, who had two valves replaced, her surgery went well, but the post-operative course has been challenging. Um, she was able to come home. She had a breathing tube, in, breathing tube in, but experiencing pain. Her daughter gets her to walk four times a day, and they saw the post-operative doctor Friday, and they told her it will take three months to get back to feeling good because they replaced two valves. Now her heart's working normal before it wasn't. So uh -huh. Her body has to get adjusted to that. I would have thought that would have happened right away. So yeah. Apparently it does not. Yeah. So she, they appreciate prayer. They're trying to get her blood thinness level in that right range. She's getting really close to that. Okay. Good. Good. That's good news. Who else? Did you have your hand up, Gary? No? Harriet. I want to report on Rod. They're anticipating giving him a bone marrow transplant, and they got a donor from Germany. Oh, my. And they have to shut down his uh, immune system so it doesn't attack the, the, marrow, the new marrow. And uh, they say he's going to probably be in the hospital four weeks after that, and he's still getting chemo. And... He has to go to the hospital for tests every day and get blood. So um, keep praying. Yeah, okay. Well, at least they got a, a donor for the donor. Yes. yes, that's a good thing. Anyone else? Did somebody else have a hand up back here? Amy. Dawson Spittler on our prayer guide. It's our what? <laughs> okay, I'll talk into the microphone. Dawson Spittler is the grandson of our neighbor, and he is um, he was in for injuries from an accident. It was a very bad accident, uh, and at the time, you know, 12 weeks sounds like a really long time, and I'm sure for him it was. Uh, he is. Uh, walking and driving again and able to do those things uh, he does get tired easily um, but he so he just knows he has to rest and and take it you know not not go full force into doing things um, and then the other one is it would be um, doc's cousin's son gus bumgardner um, I was going to, I don't know if I'll read the whole update, but um, as of this week, um, they've been in a holding pattern. Now he is, how old is he? He's like two? Almost, yeah, very young. Two, two years old, had a brain tumor. Um, and they need to put a shunt in to relieve the pressure and to do the chemo. So... Um, I'm just going to read it because I don't know. I can't remember all the things. Um, so after his in, so they've been in a long holding pattern for the last 10 days. After his incisions needed to be revised for the second time, the doctors decided that he needed to be given time to heal. They're hopeful that his shunt will be placed on Wednesday or Thursday. And then the second round of chemo will start one week after the shunt is placed. 
So he's been, you know, um, it's how, how do you keep an active little boy, you know, in the hospital like that? But he's been there and um, doing well that way. So just prayers that 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 would they would be able to have the surgery. So it's like that was what they were asking. Please pray that the shunt surgery happens this week, and it's uneventful. Pray that the cancer has not and does not start growing back while they wait. So thank you. Yeah. So the little guy does have cancer. So. That's so heartbreaking. Whenever you have a young child like that. Are you awake? <laughs> Was there anybody else? I'm sorry I walked up here and did, didn't ask. Okay. All right. Okay. We'll uh, address our concerns a little later in the service. But we do have an opening hymn, ladies and gentlemen. It's number 571, since this is the 4th of July. My country, tis of thee. Let's stand and sing number 571 together. Heavenly Father, you ask us to pray. You ask us to come to you and seek your direction and ask for your blessings. And so we do. Lord, there is people that we are concerned about, young and old, little babies who are suffering from cancer. Lord, this, this just cannot be in our minds. This is not a thing that we readily accept. Lord, bless that young, young child. Lift him up. Lift his parents up. Give them strong support. And we pray that things will go well with his, his surgery and that that cancer will be eradicated. Thank you, Lord. We pray for Rod, who's facing a a bone marrow transplant, Lord, give the doctors a great knowledge that only you can provide. Let them do their job to the best of their ability. Thank you, Lord. Lord, people have come home from hospitals. Some have had vows placed in their hearts to help them enjoy life better. Give them hope. Keep them positive, Lord as they go through the healing process. And we are blessed to be able to come to you and pray for all sorts of concerns. Forgive me if I forget those that have been addressed verbally. And of course, we have those that are only within us. Hear our pleas, Lord. Hear our petitions. And not only that, Lord, but bless our brothers and sisters throughout the world that are facing all sorts of oppression. Lord, we are blessed here in the United States at this point, at least in our history. We are able to worship you without fear of oppression, but not so with so many of our brothers and sisters throughout the world. Rescue them, Lord. Give them great hope. Increase their faith and pull them tight against you with your strong right arm. Lord, we love you. We come to you and we pray to you. We seek your guidance. And let us continue to have strong faith. We may think that we have great faith, Lord, but as Jesus pointed out, we have little faith. Help us to increase that faith, Lord. Help us to be able to reach out to others and show them that you are the one that can be counted on. 
and this nation worships today. We also celebrate our anniversary of this country. Lord, help us to proceed. Show mercy to this country, Lord. Give our leaders the direction that they need to come back to you. Thank you, Lord. Bless this service, Lord, and bless those that are here. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name, our Savior, our coming King, the great I Am. Amen. Ruby, we're going to turn it over to you. It's good to be back with you again and uh, realize the last time I was here, it was May 30th, another kind of national holiday. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems I'm ending up on, the, on these days. I'm not sure exactly why, but it's just the way schedules work sometimes. And uh, when, when Mike sent out the email, I looked at the dates in July and uh, I've been a uh, I'm a member at the Akron Church of the Brethren, and I had agreed to teach Sunday school next week, and the last Sunday of the month, I'm leading singing there. So I'm like, okay, I, looks like I got this week. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad to, to be here with you. And as I thought about uh, what message to bring today, and with it being the 4th of July, um, even though I think sometimes we need to be careful in the church how much of the national things we celebrate and bring into the church. Because, you know, yes, we're part of this country and we want to celebrate our independence and all, but uh, our lives are more than that because they are in Jesus Christ. But when I thought about that, I thought, you know, we have freedom and that freedom is in Jesus. And so that's what we're going to look at today. I've chosen to read uh, for scripture this morning from 1 Peter, the second chapter, beginning to read with verse 11. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as a supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honor the king. May God bless the reading of his holy word. July 4th is the day here in the United States that we celebrate our independence from the control of another country. We are a free nation where freedom abounds. 
But let us also be aware of how quickly our freedoms can vanish. And I think we're seeing some of that in our society today. As I open this message this morning, I want to share something that I found and, and that was written by Alexis de Tocqueville. Sorry, I don't pronounce French well. This, and I quote, the French writer Alexis de Tocqueville, after visiting America in 1831, said, I sought for the greatness of the United States in her commodious harbors, her ample rivers, her fertile fields and boundless forests, and it was not there. I sought for it in her rich mines, her vast world commerce, her public school system, and in the institutions of higher learning, and it was not there. I looked for it in her democratic congress and her matchless constitutions, and it was not there. Not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits flame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power. America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great." End quote. Something for us to think about. Yeah. When I read this, I began to wonder, how great is America? Are we a country that is still good? And what role is a church playing in America today? Are our voices being heard? As we think about how great we are as a nation, I want to share what Edward Gibson, uh, the author of The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, I want to share what he had said and attribute it to the fall of that Roman Empire. And again, I quote, and he says five things. One, the rapid increase of divorce, the undermining of the dignity and sanctity of the home, which is the basis of human society. Two, higher and higher taxes and spending of public monies for free bread and circuses for the populace. Number three, the mad craze for pleasure, sports becoming every year more exciting and more brutal. Four, the building of gigantic ornaments when the real enemy was within, the decadence of the people. And five, the decay of religion, faith fading into mere form, losing touch with life and becoming impotent to, the, to warn and guide the people, end quote. When you think of those five things that he saw as the decline of Rome, I thought, they sung about the United States. You know, even though that was written years ago, because that, that first one, and I think that first one is, is, you know, the first and last are probably the most important, but that first one about the increase of divorce, you know, and, and we've seen that over and over again and how that fractures the family unit. And the thing is, I know for children, it's sometimes not just one divorce, but it's multiple divorces that children go through. 
And after a while, they're like, you know, who, do they, who are they? Where do they belong? Taxes going up. People craving the things of pleasure. We see that all over. You know, sports is more popular than uh, coming to church. And then religion. How important is it in America today? Therefore, I think it's important for us to turn into the Word of God and to take some time to, to look and to think this morning about freedom. Because man-made freedom has limitations. But in Jesus Christ, we have unlimited freedom to be filled with joy and to live a life that gives glory to God. There are some questions we're going to be looking at this morning. The first two, and they kind of, they kind of go together because uh, they, they, they intertwine. The first two are, how are we set free and who sets us free? Let's turn, to, if you have your Bibles, turn to John, the eighth chapter. And the first ones we're going to look at, um, uh, starting with verse 31, John 8, 31 and 32. And it tells us here, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching... You are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If we hear what Jesus is saying, then we are the disciples and we have freedom. When we accept that truth of Jesus Christ and then become followers of Jesus, Jesus becomes the one who sets us free. Let's continue on with, uh, to, to read here and, and, um, with verse 33. Because of questions asked of Jesus. And they said, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? And Jesus replies and says these words to them. I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So here we find it's Jesus. He's the one that sets us free. Uh, if we are not free in Jesus, then we're a slave to sin because we have sin in our life. We only have that freedom when we come to know Jesus as our Savior. And our sin is taken from us because when Jesus went to the cross, he took on our sin. And so when we come to Jesus with our sin, we lay it out. We give it to him. You know, taking it from ourselves and giving it to him. And he removes that sin from us. And we no longer have to be dealing with that. Now, that doesn't say that there aren't times that we all fall into sin and, and we do things that, that aren't right. And we can come to Jesus because he's there to forgive us. But we have that freedom to come to Jesus and find that, that release. And then Paul wrote about freedom many times in his letters to the various churches and the groups of, to which he uh, spoke to. And so let's turn, and we're going to look at quite a bit of scripture this morning. Uh, uh, various scriptures on freedom. Uh, let's turn to Romans, uh, the sixth chapter. And here we start to see uh, about our, partic our participation in Christ's death 
and how God is to be thanked as the one who sets us free. Uh, Romans 6, beginning to read with verse 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as in instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as a slave, you are slaves to the one whom you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Freedom from sin and now a slave to righteousness. In order to have that freedom, uh, there are some things that we need to consider. When we think about uh, the, this, the sin that wants to so quickly entangle us and, and hold us in bondage, uh, there's some things that we can do to revolt against the reign of sin in our bodies. First, identify personal weaknesses. Look at yourself. All of us have weaknesses. I have weaknesses. But we need to know what they are. Because when we know what our weaknesses are, then we can say, okay, you know what, that's just something I need to you know, walk away from if it causes me to go on a wrong path. Recognize our temptations. Um, yeah, confront sinful desires. You know, we have those temptations, you have those sinful desires. And, you know, we have to, you know, say no to those things. We have to say, no, I, I'm, you know, maybe we feel like I'm not in control, but Jesus Christ is in control and will help you with those things. Stay away from the known sources of temptation. You know, whether it's, it's food or whatever the temptations are, you know, just wanting to go and do some things that aren't right. You know, find, find, other, find other ways. You know, find something else to do. Practice self-restraint. Consciously invest time in good habits and service. And I think that's a great one because you know what? If you want to stay away from those things that are tempting you, find something else to do. You know, maybe it's going out and, and doing something good for a neighbor or, or doing, you know, going out and helping somebody else in some way. Because that can remove that and take us away from that temptation. Um, and then depend on grace. 
you know, over and over again in that scripture that I just read, it talked about grace. We're under grace. We have that grace from Jesus Christ, and we can depend on that because Jesus is dependable. And then it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Because when Christ is in our heart, that helps us to stay away from all the other evil desires and the things that are wanting to draw us away from Christ and the freedom that we have. We have seen that we are set free by hearing and believing the truth, by participating in Christ's death. And now we find that we are set free through the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's turn to Romans, um, the eighth chapter. That's just uh, probably a, a page turn from, for most of you if you're Romans 6. And uh, so Romans chapter 8, beginning to read with verse 14, 14 through 17. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So here with the Spirit is the one who, who guides us and helps us and brings us, because when we accept Jesus Christ, it's not only knowing Jesus Christ, but we have the Holy Spirit living within us. And when we have that Holy Spirit within us, then we are adopted into the family of God and we are called a, a son or a daughter of God. And what a great thing that is. And then we can cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy. You know, how often do we even think about God as being Daddy to us? You know, I, I think a lot of times we don't. I know for myself. I don't know if I think about God being Daddy, but that's how special God is to us. You know, we are that child. I think about, you know, children, and I know for myself, is growing up, you know, when Dad's around or you're, you're doing something and, you get, you know, if you need some help, you don't call out, Father, Father. You know, a lot of times you might, you probably would get a response too. But when you really need something, what do you call it? Daddy! You know, there's that urgency. There's, it's that more intimate uh, title that we use. And when, when you hear that sound of Daddy or, you know, even from Mommy, you know, it's like, yeah, that child needs help. And you have the assurance that, you know, your earthly father's going to be there, you know, to help you. Your earthly mother's going to be there to help you. It's the same way when we call out. We have the assurance that our heavenly father is going to be there to help us. And not only that, but the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. You know, sometimes, and, and Paul says in other places, you know, sometimes we don't have the words to use. We don't know exactly how to cry out. We don't know what to pray for. But the Holy Spirit knows. The Holy Spirit knows our inner thoughts and intercedes on our behalf to the Father. 
one more verse for us to consider as we think about the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's in uh, 2 Corinthians 3.17. And we read these words. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom with the Spirit of the Lord. Wherever we are, here in church, in our cars, at home, in the backyard, working out, in the flower beds, working out, in the fields, working, wherever we are, the Spirit of the Lord is with us. And that brings us freedom. Does having freedom in Christ mean that we can do whatever we want to do at any time? No. Because our freedom in Christ allows us to live in a new way so that our lives will be showing forth what it means to be a Christian and to make wise choices that will be honoring and pleasing to God. And in the choices that we make, then we will glorify God. I mentioned that we are free from sin. So what are some of the other ways, the other things that we are set free from? You know, the first one we talked about, we're set free from sin. Uh, in Hebrews 2.15, it states, And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. How many of us fear death? And you might say, you know what, I don't fear death, but I know at some points in my life it was like, you know what, it's not that I fear death because I know I'm going to heaven, but it's that sometimes that fear of how death is going to happen. How much pain am I going to go through? What do I need to go through? And I think this was particularly brought home in this past year with, with the, the COVID, you know. And I think there are so many people fearing death. But it says, you know, we're set free from that. We don't need to fear death. Because if we're a child of God, we know that our earthly life's going to end. And when that ends, then we're in heaven with God. So we don't need to fear what's going to happen. And no matter what the process is of death here on earth, God's with us. God's walking with us right you know, through all of that. And also, uh, not only fear of death, we are set free from the basic principles of the world. In Colossians 2, uh, verses 20 through 23, since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why, as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body. But they lack any value in restraining Essential indulgence. We are free from the basic things, the basic principles and rules of this world. We don't need to get caught up in that. You know, the, the human principles only allow us certain things. But that freedom in Christ gives us so much more. Patrick Henry made this comment, and I quote, It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often, that this great nation was founded not on religionists, but by Christians, not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ, end quote. 
founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's where we as believers need to be founded. That's where we need to be grounded and built on the death and the resurrection of Jesus. If we have truly found freedom in Jesus Christ, then what should be our response to being set free? We should be giving thanks to God for the freedom we have through our salvation. The Sunday school lesson this morning was about giving thanks too and being thankful for those things that happen. And so the freedoms that we have, the freedom we have in this country to still come together as believers and to worship, let's be thankful for that and, and praise our God that we still have those freedoms and you know, we may have to stand up and fight for them so that we can continue to worship as we want. And 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Each day we should be living our lives in a way so that God will be glorified. That's another freedom. And, and the freedoms that we have, you know, it should, our response should be to glorify our God in how we live. In Psalm 119.45 we read these words, I will walk about in freedom. For I have sought out your precepts, seeking God's will and direction in our life in all things allows us to walk in his freedom and to live for him. When we are living in the freedom of Christ, then we will serve others and we will not hurt other Christians. Turning to 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter. Uh, uh, starting to read with uh, verse 19. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19. Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law, to the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. Paul, they're trying to you know, identifying with people in whatever condition they were in, he was identifying with those individuals so that he could share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. We may need to make sure that we do not cause harm to a brother or sister because, you know what, other people watch how we live. And, and somebody who may be thinking about coming to Jesus Christ, depending what they see in our lives, what actions we take or, you know, words that we speak, it, it might ha harm them and cause them to stumble that they don't ever open their heart to Jesus Christ. In Romans uh, 14, 13, and 19, Therefore let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace, and to mutual edification. Let's lift others up and show them the way 
of salvation. And since we have freedom in Jesus, we cannot use that freedom to make excuses for our actions. Oh, how often we like to make excuses. And he's going to say, hey, I, I, I'm in Christ Jesus, you know, so I can do whatever I want to. So we'll go back to our scripture reading, the first uh, reading this morning from 1 Peter uh, chapter 2. And, and I want to read these verses again to you. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people, live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. No matter who's in charge of a country, whether we agree with the person or not, we need to respect them because they are the leader and God will use them for given purposes. Some may use their freedom in Christ as a way to make excuse for their sinful actions and saying, oh, God's going to forgive me, but others see. So don't make excuses, but live your life in a way that pleases God in all things that you do. A quote from John Diefenbaker, and a quote, freedom is the right to be wrong, not the right to do wrong. I want to say that one again. Freedom is the right to be wrong, not the right to do wrong. I mean, we all do wrong sometimes. And we, you know, can be wrong. But it doesn't give us the right to do those things that are wrong. With a life of freedom we have, there is responsibility. Christians use freedom as a tool for a life of exuberant service. It's the foundation that God gives us to reach our highest potential because God gives us freedom from religious rules and eternal guilt. We must not seek to indulge our own desires. Instead, we should reach for the best God has for us. Living for Jesus in our world will not always be easy, but it will be a life that has the greatest reward, not here on earth, but in heaven, that time when we can spend eternity with Jesus. And as I come bring this message to a close, I share a quote from Abraham Lincoln, and I quote, Abraham Lincoln, when asked if he thought God was on our side, answered, Sir, my concern is not whether God is on our side. My great concern is to be on God's side. Let's live in the freedom we have received from Jesus so that every day we are on God's side and our lives are bringing glory to God. Amen.